Hey everybody, Kirk Williams here, Live Inspired Today. We have a phenomenal show for you today. We're gonna to be talking, having a candid conversation on race, racism, Black Lives Matter, all the things that's going on in the world right now today. And we, man, it's gonna be an intriguing and encouraging show that I want you guys to pay attention to. So sit back, relax, or get engaged with us because we're going to talk about this thing that's going on right now in our in our country. We have a great special guest to to have you guys engage with. So stay tuned with us right here on Live Inspired today. Hey everybody, Kirk Williams here, Live Inspired. Um, on our Live Inspired page, we are super excited about today. Um, been talking about it a little bit, and uh, you know this is our topic today. Um, it's been in the news for, for a long time. Uh, for, well, not for a long time. Well, actually, it has been in the news for a long time, um, you know, but it has really risen to an to a epic, you know, head, I, I would say, um, with George Floyd and, and, and his untimely death and um, the situation with, with the police officer and all those things. And now we have these different protests happening around. And... Um, all, all these different things, protests, we have some riots and loots and all these kinds of things that's happening. But I believe we've, we've had a, a awakening of America and all of America about what has been happening. And specifically, we're, we'll be talking about the, the happening in the black community with, with predominantly black men, but we've had some, you know, black young ladies, other ethnicities had some, have, have had plenty of issues. Um, but today, is a special day for us here on Live Inspired because I get to welcome my friend, my teammate, my brother, Mark Foe to the, to the main stage. And I'm very excited that he's going to be here. He's a fly, So that's why I have my IUP basketball hat on. We, we both played together at IUP, Indiana University of Pennsylvania, for those that don't know what IUP stands for. And Mark really wanted to have this conversation and it's an uncomfortable conversation, but I think it's one that needs to be had. And this is what we're going to be doing on um, part of the you know, Live Inspired shows. We'll be dedicating some of this to, to this topic, but others. But I really thank Mark for chiming in and, and, and getting in touch with me and wanted to come on and share, you know, the inspiration behind him wanting to talk about it and what happened and, and all those. So without further ado, Mark, Welcome to the stage. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Kirk. This is really great to be with you. Yeah, yeah. So a little bit of background, you know, again, I mentioned IUP basketball. Mark and I played on, on IUP teams in the, in the 90s, mid-90s, I would say. And so we're, we're, we're a little old. <laughs> we are a little old. But Mark was a tough guy. He, he was tough. He, he fought. So we played the same position. And Mark fought me all the time. He was always on me, man. He was a strong guy. He's always there. Um, but we had, I, I just had a great fond memories of the time that we played at IEP, Mark. I mean, it was phenomenal for me. What about for you? Yeah, it was a magical time. And I mean, that's sort of what brings me here with you is uh, such a important time in my life. And when I look back on it, uh, I didn't, I don't know if I learned more from my classes or just the experiences that we had with one another. The, the social aspect of our um, existence there really 
um, impacted me quite a bit. And, and I often reflect upon how that shows up in uh, many of the things that I do today. Phenomenal. Well, I agree with you 100%. Um, we had a special team. Uh, for those that don't know, we uh, when we were playing, um, one of the years, actually my first year when I was there, I, was a, I came in as a junior, and we had a phenomenal team, phenomenal season. We went 29-2 and two that year, ranked number one in the nation the entire year, Division II basketball, and uh, just kind of slip of the tongue, slip of the ankle, whatever you want to call it. We just had one little slip up in the Final Four, Division II Final Four, and um, ended up losing the game and the semifinals and you know but regardless of that i think what what we did so well as a team is we we actually bonded we actually had friendships we liked each other but and also because of that we competed hard so we competed hard we played hard with each other we were friends we we came out of it and to this day you know 25 years later <laughs> Yeah. We, we can we can still sit down and have these kind of conversations. I think it was a phenomenal time. It sure was. Yeah. So that brings us to the topic of today. You you kind of alluded to it. You mentioned it. And uh, but before we even jump in there, I want to go back. You know, and talk a little bit about um, your background and where you came from and how we get to this conversation today. Because you grew up obviously a little bit different than I did, and. Uh, but it, it kind of brings us to where we are. So tell us just a little bit about your, your background and you know uh, how we end up here. How did you get inspired to be here based on where you came from? Yeah, that's, that's a really good uh, question or to focus the conversation. You know, looking at our time, it's nice to think about before, during, and after, you yeah. know, and the topic being uh, race and, and racism, uh, my, existence prior to to college was mostly very white um there was very little um diversity in the high school and the elementary school that i went to and so you know i came into college very i was not culturally aware i mean a basketball afforded me the opportunity to share spaces with different people uh, however, I didn't have the opportunity to really be with uh, people that had different um, culture than me, different, even different skin than me. Yeah. And so, like, for me to, to be with you guys, I look at that as, like, just a uh, really pivotal point in my development, uh, uh, being a more culturally aware person. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, I just you know, taking that into college and our conversations last night, some of the things that I didn't even know that you went through as a college student. And uh, I guess just uh, really how much I learned being with you guys and how much I seek to have it in my life today because of how valuable it was um, for me. Sure, sure. That's That's really, really cool. Really interesting that you that you bring bring up uh, and that we talked about um, where you grew up, how you grew up, and being in spaces. I think that's really interesting that you bring that up because 
it's not like you didn't know what a black person looked like. <laughs> no, for yeah. sure. You, you, but it wasn't that you were into, in, into, I don't want to say integrated, but you weren't really in that, you know, environment for long periods of time that you can really understand and, and know and conversate over periods of time. I think that's kind yeah. of- Yeah, and to like share meals or be, or be in each other's uh, apartments or, you know, or like really experience what life was presenting. You know, I we talked last night. I The one thing I'm most thankful for is that in my household, there was an emphasis on loving kindness. Yeah. And that light kind of shined through. Uh, and it's the light that I'm most thankful for. But there were many influences along the way. Uh, I can think back over time of uh, people I was around, the, the things that I was hearing and seeing, and all of that to me was like, a, you know, it's, I think of all these downloads we do and these installations of our phones. And uh -huh. like I've, I've had this stuff that's in me. Sometimes I don't even know that now I become more aware of and I kind of want to get it out. I want to weed the garden to make sure that, I'm the person that I want to be to teach my kids and, uh, you know, take care of our house. Sure. Sure. Well, that's, that's, that's great. And I'm glad that this is a step because if you know, if any of you guys know me, if you know, Mark, this is kind of, uh, something that we probably wouldn't choose to do. <laughs> Again, I, I'm hosting this and it's something that I really wouldn't necessarily choose to do. And knowing Mark, I know that this is a, you know, his number one thing that he would do in life is have these kind of conversations on this kind of platform for the world to see forever. You know what I mean? But it's important enough for, to Mark, it's important enough to me that we talk. And the great thing I think about being able to do this um, with this particular conversation on race and racism and, and things that we've experienced in our past is that we can do it in this safe space because we have a relationship, because we went through some wars together, because we, you know, we, we, we consider ourselves friends, brothers, teammates for life. So I think it's a great space to be in with that. You know, would you agree with that, Mark? Oh, I agree. Uh, and, and, you know, that, you couldn't have said it better, even taping this and the way things are stored uh, on technology nowadays, it does make you feel a bit uncomfortable, but I really believe I, I was mo moved and to, to this is just such an important time. I, I said last night, I don't think anybody should be the same person that they were prior to this. Now it's, I just feel like I really want to change. Uh, I want to be better so that I can talk about this with my, I'm a teacher, I'm a basketball coach, I'm a parent, I'm a friend, yeah. uh, I'm a family member. Uh, I want to practice talking about this so that I can help. Um, it's I just really want to help. I guess I'm carving out our roles. We had, yeah. you know, when uh, you said that I was rough, uh, physical and practices, my role was to get you ready to play. Like, and I didn't realize that then, uh, but you were the guy and I was the guy that had to get you ready. So I'm just trying to carve out my role, be a good teammate. Fantastic, man. You could have said that better, and you definitely did, and that's why we ended up where we were. Every every team has has roles, 
and there's some teams that have, have somebody that has to, to play the role of being like the starter or, or uh, we're talking about basketball right now. Then you have someone that has the role to prepare them to get ready to go out and beat the other team. And you did your role phenomenally, and I appreciate that because you pushed me. And that was good. Every day in practice, you pushed me. So now, as we transition, as we are adults, we're grown men, we're yeah. having families, and we have this situation where, you know, racism has really come to a head in our country. We have the opportunity to then create our roles and start pushing and supporting each other in what we're doing. So with that said, I want to jump right in and say, you know what, how did the George Floyd situation impact you? How did it influence you so much that we're sitting here today? Whew, that's, you know, just watching it, you know, you and I talked about this last night. I was, I knew what happened and I was sort of scared to watch it. Yeah. Uh, and, and as I watched it, I was more and more scared of watching someone's life pass in front of me. Uh, I was concerned about trauma. I mean, and then, you know, watching facial expressions and hearing words that forever have changed me. I mean, I, I played outside, I told, I played with my kids the other day and we were playing with cold water. Mm -hmm. And when, my son hit me with the hose. I yelled, I can't breathe. And I froze because those words oh, are forever carved in my brain as something someone said in such a situation. And uh, boy, it disturbing and um, angry and sad, all kinds of emotions I, I can't even describe. Wow. Wow. I... How, about, how about you? Well, for me, you know, man, I, it was, I'll put it this way. It was something that was different, but similar or the same. So and what I mean by that, Mark, is, you know, being a, being a black man, um, we have, our culture has experienced this type of thing before. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we just had Arbery that, that, that was shot by two guys. Um, unarmed, just going through the neighborhood. Trayvon Martin just, you know, had a hood on. He's, he's all killed, has nothing with him. Um, Breonna Taylor, you know, she's at home in her bedroom and she gets shot and killed and they went to the wrong house. I mean, so, and those just are three stories that has, I mean, we've seen this over and over and over again in our community. And that's what I mean by familiar or similar. I, we've kind of seen this happen with, you know, white individuals and black individuals. And for somehow, some reason, the black ones uh, end up dead. Um, so we've seen this. I think the thing that was so different for me, and I think it was different for most of us that watched that is a couple of things. Number one, the way the camera was it was right on Floyd. So you, there was no mistaking what was happening. There was no mistaking. You can actually see him up front and close, his face. You can see it. It's not, you know, a, a, a shadowy figure down the street. It's not what we kind of heard about. No, you can actually see this happening right in front of your eyes, just like you mentioned. And then 
Um, so, so that's one dynamic. The other dynamic is you can see the facial expressions, the body language of the officer that's doing this. And with the cries from the people saying, hey, you're, you, you know, get off of him. He can't breathe, all these things. And with Floyd himself saying, hey, I can't breathe, you hear that. So you get all these things. You see his face. You see George's face. You see, you, you hear everything. And it makes you feel like you are right there. I think, I think we all felt like we were right there. And I think that's the difference that because we can like actually feel like we are there and see everything happening and there is no mistake about did he do something wrong in that in that moment no did, did the officer yeah. do something wrong yes you can see it clear as day i think that's what's the, what the difference is um for for me that's what i would say and you know last night you had emphasized the hand in the pocket yeah. and i had not noticed that so i kind of forced myself to go back and look at it again today and it's definitely apparent that that the body language and the 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 hands and even i noticed that somebody else in the area had hands in the pockets and the 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 that just makes you feel like there was no urgency for people around it and that's just really disturbing and traumatic and sad and yeah. awful, awful. Yeah. Yeah, awful. I, I agree with you 100%. I think that's why we're, in, we're having this conversation yeah. right now. One of thousands of conversations that's happening all over the world. Um, but we are here and having this conversation. And we know each other. And But we've never had a talk like this, right? We, we, we no. played, we, we, you know, we ate dinner together. We went on bus rides. We stayed in hotels. We did all these things together. But We've never had a conversation. Why do you think that is? Why do you think we haven't had that? Well, that's a good question, Kirk. Um, I have thought about that. I wish we had. Um, I don't know that my, I don't know that I was mature enough at that time in my life. I, I was, I felt like I was always just either in the moment or catching up. Uh, and I wish I had a little more wherewithal to sit down and really get to know everybody a little better because uh i do miss it and and i like just seeing everybody this this year at iup yeah. I, I went home and i told my wife i said i don't know that i have felt like that in a long long time like super comfortable but also like so excited yeah. and it just went so fast and I'm I went home with like this sadness that I don't know how many times more we'll see each other and I kind of started texting you guys like we got to make it happen again <laughs> I, I I need to see you I, we got and I'm glad we're doing this I think this strengthens our connection so this is just yeah. another way to stay in touch yeah, I agree with you, man. And I, I would I would also say that um, for for us, I just don't think that it was something that was in the forefront in, in college. And I, I speak for myself. I was about business as far as lay. We have a team. I want to play. I want to get my degree. You know, I, I embrace the relationships. I embrace the friendships to this day. But the issues that we dealt with you know, when we we're in college, as far as racial, you know, 
tension and things like that. It wasn't something in my mind either. It was just a, that's just what life is for me. So, you know, I I don't think that, you know, being immature is the, the, I wouldn't say necessarily that is because we were immature. I think we just, we were doing, we were doing life. Our environments dictated what we would do. And, you know, our passions led us to certain things and it wasn't a bad thing that we didn't have the conversation. Just really, we just didn't have it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, even in the time where I believe, um, during that time, we had the O.J. Simpson thing that was happening too, and yeah. even in even in that time, you know, it still wasn't as it impactful. Didn't enter as our as locker room. It, we didn't talk about that. I I don't remember, t- and that was a big thing. I, I don't remember us discussing that trial or all that was going on there. Do you? No, we didn't. It wasn't. You know, again, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. I mean, we had some conversation but it wasn't so much that it changed our our lives in the sense that you know there was any kind of racial tension any kind of issue it just you know it was an incident that happened we looked at it we watched it it was going on but we had other things that were that we were dealing with we were worried about or, or, or 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 doing and but this is different and I think for us, again, seeing the facial expressions, seeing, you know, the, the, the white cop and the black, you know, you know person on the, on the ground, um, being, but able, being able to see all of that happening, body language, all of that, you can see that. Um, the OJ thing, OJ was driving in, a, in, his, in his SUV and his Bronco, right? He, we didn't really see him. OJ was a celebrity. Yeah. He was all these different things. He was kind of over there, you know. So this is different. Um, and I wanted to, you know, ask you, how are you dealing with it now? How, what's your response to it? I know you, it's an awful thing, but how are you dealing with it in your life now? How is life different? Is yeah, conversation with your, your, your family. I know you mentioned a basketball coach, uh, you know, what's different for you as an individual and then how do you transition that uh, or talk to that? Or if you have talked to your family about what's going on. Yeah, you know, I think what, what I observed that when it first happened, there was like this explosion of like grief uh, that I could feel and, and I could never even remotely um, feel all of the pain that black people have endured. Mm-hmm. But like I could see on, like I would look on Facebook and these people that I care about, uh, I could just see all the pain and the, mm-hmm. And at that point, I just started thinking, I want to help the people that I love to to feel better. And I was starting to feel like panicky and and I didn't know what to do. And uh, my wife and I decided we were going to go march in this Pittsburgh march for Black Lives Matters. And so she took the kids up and I had to finish some schoolwork. And then I walked up by my, or she dropped me off by myself. And that was a really empathic experience for me to be afraid, which I was. And I needed to feel that because uh, I needed to feel what it's like to be afraid. I was worried about getting COVID. Sure. And I needed to feel that because, you know, that's a reality that I, I have a privileged life. I am, that's safety and that, infection to COVID is is different for me. And then to start marching and have to do things like 
uh, raising my hands up in the air and saying, don't shoot, and to say all of their names, uh, I, I started the ball. And like, I, I started to really, I was under a mask and I was just thinking, why is this all coming out now? Mm. Like, I this should have come out the moment I saw, and I started to like question my empathy. And uh, mm. I wanted to investigate my privilege more. And I guess right now in my house, uh, we're trying to be better at feeling. Uh, we're, we're having the discussions that we need to have to try and raise children that are uh, culturally aware and, and, and um, loving kindness and emotionally intelligent so that they can pass it on uh, to their kids. But also we're trying to make a difference um, in our daily conversations and the places that we purchase and just trying to find a way to help because I think this is a really important time and we need to sustain our efforts as long as we possibly can. So that's where I am. I, and sometimes I don't know where I am, but I'm just trying my best to have a role, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, man, I think you are definitely on a great path. Uh, and we talked about it last night. So everyone, we did have a conversation, a pre-conversation before we got on here and jumped on this live one. But, you know, what you're doing, first of all, you are open enough to say, and even acknowledge some type of privilege. You mentioned it. Uh, it wasn't didn't come from me. You mentioned that. So that means you recognize you you, you recognize that that it's there. So that's just you know that's great because you know it, it is there. Doesn't make you a bad person. Doesn't make you have to you know feel shameful of any of that. I don't, at least I don't believe that you need to be shamed of who you are. God made you who you are. He made me who I am. And this is the life that you need to live, but you're aware. And I think that's what we want um, everyone to do and to be is aware. And then after being aware and having empathy, then as a teacher, you began to teach. You began to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to give some of this knowledge to my family. And, I, and, and again, we talked about it last night. I truly believe that that is one thing that will eventually change the world is if individuals like yourself, like me as well, um, will invest in the next generation and your kids um, knowing that, you know what, this thing is wrong and we, our knowledge, our mind can help us, you know, then do the right things in life. And as you do that, as you build your kids up, they'll build their kids up, they'll build their kids up. And just like we have 400 years of slavery and all kinds of issues in the black community, starting now, as we build up, it'll turn into a generation where, a generational thing where we're starting to give, you know, the positive size of cultural awareness and we all will definitely be better off in the years to come. So I think you're doing a phenomenal job with that. That's the right, right, right path that you're doing. Thanks, Kirk. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So with that said, you had a few questions that you wanted to ask me that you that you mentioned. Am I, am I right? Um, Did you have a few questions? I jotted down some things that we talked about last oh, night and some okay. questions, I mean, some topics the night before, but I didn't have any specific questions. That, okay. That, um, that's my mistake. But I will, then I will ask you this. 
um, because you did mention that you are a basketball coach. So, mm-hmm. so what do you go by? You go by Coach Mark? You go by Coach, coach Fo? Coach yeah. Fo? Okay. <laughs> so I want to bring that up, too, because you know what? Um, you, you coach at Valley, right? Yes. And Valley is Valley Vikings. Is that right? Correct. Good job. All right. So I, I looked that up because guess what? When I was in high school, my high school was the Valley Vikings. Here wow. In I yeah. did not know that. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was a Valley Viking here, right here in Vegas. So I, I thought that was really cool. Yes. Conversation. But with that, you um, are a coach and you coach, is it predominantly uh, black? Student athletes? Our basketball team has been a majority of black kids. Even though I don't believe that the school is a majority of black kids, I believe that the basketball team has. Um, And so it's been a really humbling experience for me to pass on uh, some of the things that I've learned and and experience new things. Sure. uh, As they, I I mean, I just think of it. I've, told you last night it's like these new spaces that I go into and these lines that I cross you know I teach at a predominantly white school Mm. and then I travel across different places to enter a gymnasium with a predominantly black kids and so it's such a it's such an amazing experience and I have to constantly um, keep my eyes open and seek to understand and uh, it's been the last years at Valley have been some of the best work I've ever done. Uh, I've really just been fulfilled by it and, and really inspired by doing it. Incredible. Incredible. So how does this situation change or, you know, how, how do you pivot from what you were dealing with before this George Floyd situation how does it now change the conversation or how do you change your thinking or your approach as a basketball coach that is white, but you are going into an environment as your, as a coach with predominantly black student athletes? Yeah, I think that's one of, one of a few reasons that I'm here with you is I think that my ability to have conversation with people uh, needs to be better. Uh, I feel like I need to, you even said last night something that was, that's registered with me. Sometimes you just need to tell people how you feel and then ask them how it made them feel. And, and that can get a good conversation going. And, and I had in this, in my mind, this fear that I wouldn't know how to get the, the conversation going. And, and that was something I was searching for and found. And now I, I like that we're just talking so that I can practice and, and be a better teacher at home and in school and at basketball uh, and just be able to facilitate conversations that lead to growth and allow people to be connected like we are. And yeah. uh, like you said, hopefully make a big difference. Uh, so I don't know if I answered the question, but I was yeah, trying yeah, to that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, because you talked about how you now will start the conversation, just telling them how this situation made you feel. And I think that's a great way to um, have this conversation with these young people that are obviously affected um, by it. We all are, whether we want to believe it or not, 
everyone is affected somehow to this mm -hmm. situation. The world is, you know, dealing with this whole thing. It's not just COVID, although COVID hasn't gone anywhere, everybody. <laughs> I know the media shows us just talking about this Black Lives Matter, but COVID is still around there. Yeah. We're still dealing with it, right? Um, but I know, I, I, I truly feel that your student athletes that you coach are dealing with the, these things. Oh, yeah. And I also believe because you coach them, they look up to you. I don't think it's, I, I, and I don't know them personally, my gut tells me that they respect you tremendously. That's what my 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 gut tells me. Would you say the same? I would hope so. I mean, that's certainly something that I reflect back on. I would think that they do because we've maintained relationships past their time with me. And I feel like at the end of seasons, I can look at them and, and I can sense a mutual respect. Uh, but I... I I also think like that trust has to be earned and maintained. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, if I am not credible or I do not connect and care, then I feel like my trust will diminish. So I really want to become more credible and caring so that I can have better connections with the kids that I have an influence on. So another reason why, why I'm here with you, man. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to share this little thing that you sent me and I'm going to show this because I want everyone to see how Mark's kids listen to this. So I wanted to share that just as... Oh, my gosh. Uh, I can't believe you did that. I just yeah, wanted to... Yeah, everybody needs to see, you know, not only you are passionate about what you do, but guess what? Every one of those kids are jumping around, cheering, and excited, and you're their leader. They're yeah. following you. And they that's what I mean by do they respect you? Absolutely, 100%. So when you have this conversation with them, their eyes are going to be or and ears are going to be wide open to listen, to hear, and they're going to really appreciate this conversation that you're going to have with them. And if they can cheer and be excited and see you that excited as their, as their coach, you know, then they're definitely going to be able to listen to what you have to say and, uh, and, and really create a tremendous bond with you it won't be about black and white. That might be the topic of the day, but it's really going to be about how can we grow together as people. And I think that's what you're going to get across when you have this conversation with your young student athletes. Yeah, and I like what you said earlier that uh, we feel like we're brothers and, and I feel like a good team has like a brotherhood. It's, it's like a really tight, tight connection that, you know, is, is, earned and developed over time and you got to be open and honest and caring so um i'm surprised you showed that man i just really wanted you to see uh you know because we shared locker rooms that were really excited and i don't know that you have ever thought of me and and being in a, a locker room as a coach with kids and i thought that's the only video footage i have of a situation like that so well it's a uh, great one man and 
congratulations. Good job of you oh, know, jumping into the coaching thing, man, because that's not something that I do. I, I, I might train some players, but yeah. I don't do that. That takes a special special kind of person. So great job, man. Really excited that you, that you transitioned to that. That's really cool. Really cool to see. <laughs> I think what you do is amazing too. All, all the work that you're doing, you, I told you, you really do live inspired and that inspires me. I have always felt that about you. Like you're, you said you didn't know what you were doing in college, but I felt like you did. I felt like you knew exactly what you were doing and, and you were really driven and, and impressed me from the very first time I met you and oh. you still continue to impress. So thanks. And uh, I appreciate that, man. Appreciate that so much. So, so now what do we do next? What's our change? I know we talked about, you know, having empathy. We talked about the shock and awe of this George Floyd situation. We talked about having, you know, uncomfortable conversations and continuing to do that. So that's definitely something that we'll have to do. What, what else do we need to do to see change happen? And uh, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I think I, w I wanna try and become more involved in um, like local politics. Uh, I, I have not ever really done my due diligence on like policies and sure. uh, things that like local government has uh, in place that isn't working. Um, I joined a, well, my wife is in a book club that deals with policy. I did not join it, but she's been suggesting I do. Okay. I have a little difficulty reading some things like that. I, I tend to read things that really interest me, but this sure. is interesting <laughs> me now. So yeah, I voting, I want to really educate myself more. I want, like I told you, I really want to get back and review, uh, not even review, relearn or learn new stuff, uh, history, uh, and just, just keep investing in any way I can. Those are some things that I think of from the question, but what, what do you think? Yeah, well, I agree 100%. Um, education, I have another, you know, part of my company that's uh, called College Access Group, and the, the hashtag for that is, is education is key. So I mm -hmm. think, I truly believe education is the key. So we need to educate ourselves with a, a variety of things. I think one of the things that history teaches us or tells us is that, you know, the winners get to dictate what is talked about, right? Yeah. So in history, you know, definitely in our history here in the United States, in America, um, the, 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 white, the white, you know, players have really dictated our history but we have some other history that can be, should be talked about and, it, mm -hmm. and it's kind of been lost. So I think going and getting educated on some diff different things um, that may not be in our Ameri global American you know, history books, but some things that happen to some of the other people and some of their history, how they see things, again, a, a different perspective definitely helps um, with us being able to move forward. Um, I also think having, again, having more and more and more of these uncomfortable conversations um, yeah. is, in, is important for us to continue to, that dialogue, um, continue to having conversations. You said you, you mentioned wanting to, to practice and, and do this more so that you can then, you know, do it more, but also help some of the others that are in your life to be able to understand. So 
doing more conversations like this is, is definitely going to help with the change because I believe it's going, we, we're in a great time in history because we are all open enough to listen. And yeah. because we can listen, then we might be able to hear what the other person is saying. Yeah. Right. So I think those are some great, great things that we can do, educate ourselves and just have more conversations about it. And then also, like you mentioned, you know, get involved. So whether that's getting involved at the political level, whether that's getting involved with, with, with teaching and uh, whether, what, whatever it is, if it's getting involved with doing social programs, I know you're a basketball coach, but then there are some others that might want to be involved with helping reform the, you know, the social welfare systems or different things like that. Even getting involved with the police and finding better ways to have community policing so that building the relationship with the, you know, if there's a relationship, then if I know you, I'm not going to really tend to um, try to harm you first. Yeah. My initial is going to have a conversation and figure out how we can deal with it. I think community policing will have to come back in a strong way in order for us to create change in this, you know, environment of police brutality that we've seen here. here. But uh, I think those are a couple of things I would say that we can do to start the change. Again, we've had 400 years of black oppressions in different facets of, uh, of history. I, I'm, I'm on the, you know, I think that we're gonna have, you know, we need to take a couple of years, 100 years to get to where we wanna get to, but it starts now. And it starts with conversations, it starts with teaching the next generation, um, cultural awareness, and diversity is okay, it's good. And, uh, you know, once we do that, you know, I think we'll, we'll start that needle, move the needle to where it needs to be. Yeah. I hope that, like, you know, I, I, I remember, I think, Barack Obama saying that progress is zigzagged. And I often say that to my wife and my kids, like, you know, you got to be ready for the burst. And I feel like, there's a burst right now that's going to happen. I hope it doesn't take so long for there to be a more equal and just. Uh, yeah. I, I hope that like this wave of whatever is happening, that they press the gas to the pedal to the metal and just keep yeah. it going and see what can be done. Like it makes me sad when when you said like our kids 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 like i want it for you i want it for your kids yeah. and uh yeah I, I just think we need to keep rolling and, and see what can be done well if we have more individuals like yourself mark um I, it, it definitely can happen i'd love to yeah. see that happen and uh, but it's going to take and we talked about this again last night and i'm bold enough i will say it i think it takes white men to step up, I don't think it is going to have the, the black community has been, you know, trying to get this message out and out and out. I think it's going to take white men to step up and say, "Oh, I, I wrote that down, Kirk." I thought, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, 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 go ahead. Go I ahead. wrote that down. I, I thought that was a pivotal moment in our conversation. You emphasized white men must step up, and I couldn't agree more. Um, I thought it was interesting today, like while we spoke of the the Popovich quote of um, black people have been shouldering this burden for far too long. 
it's time for white people to step up. Yeah. And then I saw another quote from him where he, he said something like he was humbled by uh, all that he did not know. But one thing he did know was that he needed to start speaking up. And I thought already I see him speaking up and calling people out. And, you know, I, I just find him to be somebody really interesting. He has this way of being like a, uh, somebody that's credible. I, I, yeah. I do you agree with that? With, I, I with absolutely him? agree with that. Yeah, I absolutely agree with it. And he's, uh, you know, he's an incredible basketball coach, and we all know that. But he does have a way of speaking his mind, and he doesn't yeah. mind speaking his mind, and that really brings a lot of credibility to what he says. Yeah. You know, I think it's okay, and I think it's really good what he's talking about. Yeah. So, yeah, I do. You so. do. He's. I. I would never want to quote somebody that you didn't feel was credible. But <laughs> I thought we probably felt that he is a credible person to speak about. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Even if you didn't, I didn't feel that way. Hey, you know. What? I would want you to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> we're that we're live, so hey, if it is, you know, we we talk about it. That's all we yeah. do. We just have a conversation and we talk about it. But and I think we definitely can agree um, that Pop has. Um, really stepped into a phenomenal role, not just as a great basketball coach, but as a, as a man, as a leader, um, a visible leader. And, uh, and, and I think that's a type of guy that we need to step in a white male to say, Hey, this is wrong. This is why it's wrong. And this is what we need to do to invoke change, change for the better and sustain it. And that's the only way that we can sustain it is by having white men step up and do that. And I think we're getting some white men and one of them is you, my friend. Yes. Yes. I am with you. Phenomenal, man. Well, I appreciate you. Oh. This was a great, great conversation. And uh, man, I I'd love to have it again and we can continue the conversation. And, and, uh, but I think it was, I think you, thank you for oh, reaching thank out. You. Thank you for having this time with me, man. Uh, I am so appreciative. I love you. And I, you know, I don't know that I've ever told you that, but I really do. And um, I, I would love to do this again. I found this to be extremely valuable and I, and I can't thank you enough. Hey man. Well, I love you too, Mark. You know, you're my brother, you're my teammate, yes. my brother. And uh, I, I'm glad that we get a chance to have this conversation, get a chance to see each other. Uh, you know, even though you're all the way in, in, in Pennsylvania, I'm in Vegas, yeah. I'm in Nevada, but um, we get to do this. This is really cool. But I look forward to the time where we can get back together face to face, shake each other's hand, give each other a hug and uh, really get to, you know, connect that way. Again. That would be amazing. That would be yeah. amazing. Fantastic. Well, that's it, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us here on Live Inspired today on the main stage. I have my man Mark Foe with us. And, uh, you know, make sure you take a look at our, our podcast. We're on Anchor. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on um, Spotify. We're on all these different stations. So check out the podcast. We have other great individuals living inspired lives coming on we're also going to be on youtube so please subscribe to our youtube channel you can also follow us on facebook instagram twitter uh, we're all over the place and we're trying to just make a positive impact in, in everyone's lives and uh 
as we always sign out and just say, hey, we want you to be encouraged. We know things are crazy right now in life, but I, I would just say be encouraged. Things are going to get better and your best life is yet to be had and you're in it right now. I also would say stay positive because, hey, you know what? Life is crazy again, but nothing good, nothing good comes out of a negative attitude, a negative thought pattern. Always stay positive, live a positive life. And last but not least, we ask you to and tell you, really encourage you to live inspired. Uh, because if you're inspired, you can inspire the next generation, the next person to be who they were meant to be. And you will actually benefit from that as well. So with that said, Mark, thank you very much for being here. Everyone, thank you, thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next time on Live Inspired with Kirk Williams. Have a great night. Thank you, everybody.